Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. And good morning. Great to see everybody here today. Good to have you joining us online. And you know, today we can actually make a whole day of it. We've got church this morning and then we're going to be out at Shepherd Stadium this afternoon. I, I think we've sold well over a thousand tickets, so we are going to own the stadium. We'll, we'll be out there as a church family. I don't know how many are left. I forgot to ask on the way back in here a moment ago, but I'm assuming there's still tickets available. If you want to come and be a part of that, the the gates open at 4.30 and the game starts at 5.45, which means we'll all start sweating about 4.25. Uh, it's going to be a night of sweating together. We're going to have a great time though. Look forward to seeing everybody out there and uh, get some tickets if you want to want to join us. We're at, at Shepherd Stadium, the Chili Peppers, uh, college league, uh, that are summer college players that play during the summer. And they're really good. I've, I've watched them a couple times this year. Hope you'll be out there. Well, I, I think you all know we're back in business on the world mission stage. Uh, we've already had a team go to Nicaragua and come back and they had a really uh, successful trip. Our Choir is leaving, uh, not this coming week, but the week after that, heading to Europe to do a choir tour there. And uh, then we have another trip going to Nicaragua in October. And if you're interested in that, what, you know, what, what are we doing? What, could I be used in that? Is that something I could go on? We have a table set up. I think it's kind of right that direction if you were to go out there in the concourse. And I uh, want to encourage you to go check that out. Nicaragua is one of the, the great partnerships we have, and it's a wonderful place to go and do some mission work. So check that out if you're interested. Well, it was uh, 2015. I think a lot of you might remember that I had open heart surgery then. My my left anterior descending artery, uh, also affectionately known as the widow maker, was 99% blocked. And, and I want to tell you about when I put the first 1% in there. I, I think I was in seventh grade, give or take, and uh, it was in school, I, I, I developed a favorite lunch, and uh, you got it out of the vending machine, so I know it was only at lunch that I could, or, or at school I could get this, and uh, it was a Pepsi and two bags of Cheez-Its. And uh, now you don't just, you know, eat the Cheez-Its and swallow and drink the Pepsi, no, you get a big mouthful of Cheez-Its, then you throw the Pepsi in on top. And you let that all mix together and just, yum, I'm making me hungry right now. Every now and then I'd shake it up and get a Mountain Dew. But mostly it was the the Pepsi and the Cheez-Its. Not incredibly healthy if uh, 90% of your meal is sugar and salt. But uh, that's what I was doing. You're probably thinking, gosh, didn't your parents care? Well, you know, what you don't know won't kill you. You know, they didn't know. They were, they were foolish enough to think I was actually eating the lunch my mother had made for me uh, the night before. So I, my mom would make this sack lunch and put it all together and uh, send me out the door with it each morning. Now, right about the time I was developing this favorite lunch, I'd also decided that it wasn't cool to carry a lunch bag to the bus stop. Now, you know, you're probably wondering what's the logic behind that. I was a seventh grade boy. 
There's no logic at that time in your life. You know, so I, I, my mom would kiss me goodbye, hand me my lunch, and I'd go outside and just throw it away. It, oh. I wish y'all could see what I'm looking at right now. A whole bunch of angry moms. Ooh, Houston, we've hit a nerve. Yeah, okay. So there was a couple of things wrong with this scenario, like... You know, at some point, my mom or dad's going to take the garbage out and see, hey, there's a garbage can full of lunch bags in here. I wasn't really thinking that all the way through. And sure enough, I I did get caught. Not that way, though. One morning, I was doing my routine, and my dad was standing at the the kitchen window and observed what, what I was doing. Now, he didn't run out and confront me. And matter of fact, that night, he didn't say anything about it. My dad, um, yeah, y'all remember that movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? It's a classic, I, an old, but I'm guessing everybody's saying. You remember the child catcher in that movie? I think we, is this not like one of the scariest figures of our childhood? I mean, who thought up this person? Okay, that's my dad. Okay, he's, he's, he's the child catcher. So my dad that night makes lunch for me. And he makes a, uh, we'll just call it a special sandwich. It has bologna and peanuts and jelly and mustard. and Yeah, right? And I, there's a couple other things on there too. So anyway, he puts that sandwich all together, makes the lunch. And the next morning, my dad hands me my lunch. Now that probably right there should have registered with me a little bit, but it, it didn't. I'm in seventh grade, okay? And so I take the lunch, go outside, Deposited in the garbage can and on about my, my business. So that night, everybody's home. My dad's last one in and he's my, I'm sitting at the table. I think we're getting ready to eat. You know, my, me and my sisters and my mom's getting dinner ready. And my dad's asking how the day was. And we're all telling him how our, our day was. And at this point, my dad looks at me and says, how was lunch? <laughs> Seemed like a strange question, but I said it was great. And he goes, oh, you liked it? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, good. Because I made your lunch last night, and I made you a special sandwich. Tell me what you liked about it. (laughs) So at this point, (laughs) I may be in seventh grade, but, you know, at this point, I realize I'm pretty sure I've taken a wrong turn, and I'm heading to a bad place. And uh, I can't answer his question because I threw it away. I don't know what made the sandwich special. I can't answer it all. But I'm committed to the lie, right? Isn't it amazing how committed you and I can be to a lie? And, and so I'm, I'm just kind of, I don't even, I think I just, uh, 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 and then all of a sudden my dad says, hey, let's go outside. And I'm thinking, oh, great. He doesn't want me to, he doesn't want to hear the answer to my, my question, to his question. So we go outside. Well, we're about two steps out the back door and I realize now where we're heading. And an incredible wave of clarity came over me. And I am now, I'm like really dialed in. I know exactly what is happening. So we go to the garbage can. This is the late seventies. This is a steel garbage can, right? And which is in the Texas heat. And that still garbage can could keep everything ruminating right above a boiling point. And so he opens it and sure enough, there it is. All of its glory. And, and he reaches in and, and grabs it and, and he just turns and goes inside. 
About right now, I'm contemplating what my friends are doing, and my friend is doing down the street. I'm thinking I want to eat dinner at his house, and, uh, but I thought maybe I should, I should go back in. So I, I go inside, and my dad's gone around the corner in the kitchen, and I, I, okay, I'm just going to sit down at the, I mean, my mom's serving dinner, and she sets my dinner down, to which my dad comes right behind her and picks my dinner up and sets it on the counter, and then he sets the lunch bag in front of me and says, there's your dinner. Enjoy it. All of it. Uh, yeah, so you see what I'm... It's something God did to bring me out of... Out, out of This story is about how bad my dad is, to be honest with you. I mean, seriously, can I be held accountable for anything here? That was total entrapment. He set me up to fail and then fed me pure poison. So, boy, lying is a tricky business, isn't it? Lying is a, is a tricky business. I think lying is actually unique. It stands out. It's different from a lot of the other sins. One thing that makes it different is that if you noticed, because <laughs> you all have that one lie, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times requires another lie. I mean, they're kind of like those Cheez-Its I was eating. You can't have just one. You, you tell one lie, and, and then pretty soon you're having to follow it up with another. You're, you're, you, know, you just have to kind of keep lying there. You know, another thing that makes lying kind of unique and stand out on its own is its relationship to all other lies. Now, I haven't really thought through this. I don't know what relationship all the different sins have with each other, but lying is related to every single sin because lying is the protector of all sins. You know, again, not every time, but a lot of times when I sin, I'm going to have to do what? I got to cover it up. I got to protect it with a lie. And think, this is just a little sin that doesn't even matter. Turn in your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, second book in your Bible. And uh, we're gonna we're wrapping up now almost this series. Hey, if you're new to our church, you're kind of coming in right at the end. We've we've been in a series since May first. We did a, a couple of weeks with the Great Commandment, and then we went into the Ten Commandments, and we've been rolling through those one at a time to where today we come to the ninth commandment. If you're listening to these and think, gosh, I'd like to know what was said there. I'd like to know more about that. You can certainly go back and listen to the whole series. You can go to our website, our church app, Spotify, iTunes, all those are ways you can go back. And and I hope you will go back and, and listen again to all of what God says in these commandments. But today, number nine, Exodus chapter 20, let me begin in verse one. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother. I might have broken that command today. (laughs) That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. And our command for the day, verse 16, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. I might have broken that command too. Verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. So when when you and I look at the Ten Commandments in the Bible, it's kind of long, and there's some long commands in there. The, the, the second commandment about not having an image, the fourth commandment about the Sabbath, even that last one we read is three, four lines there in your Bible. So a lot of times when you and I see the Ten Commandments, it's, it may not be in the Bible. Maybe it's because we've, we've got them hung up in our house somewhere, or we've got them on a on a bookmark, and they're, they're listed in there that we have in our Bible. And so what we a lot of times see is a condensed version, a, a paraphrased version of these Ten Commandments. And w- the command we just read is not that long, or, or the one we're looking at, uh, verse 16. That's not a long command, but that one is usually condensed. And a lot of times when you and I see that, it's going to say, Thou shalt not, shall, shall not lie. But look at that command again. That's not about lying in general. That's a very specific thing that it's saying not to do. It says, thou shalt not bear a false witness against somebody else. Now, just for illustrative purposes, I may have bore a false witness against my dad this morning. I'm confident the Lord will understand. And in a few minutes, I'll give my dad a call. (laughs) And because I know he's watching, and hopefully he's going to understand too. But you see what I did is, now by the way, the story was true. That sandwich was made and ate. Okay? But what I did is I kind of downplayed my role in this, right? And I kind of upplayed how bad he was, and I gave you an image... I gave you an idea about my dad. I bore a false witness against him. That would be breaking the ninth commandment. But if I was to stand up here and say, hey, when I was in 11th grade, I was on the track team and I broke the four-minute mile. Well, that'd be a lie. But I didn't bear false witness against anybody. I, I did not break the ninth commandment in telling you that. Now, before we all breathe a sigh of relief that a whole lot of lying is okay as long as it's not about somebody else, Uh uh-huh, right? No, listen, you know, we've studied in this series what feels like some big commands because they're under a title, the Great Commandment, or the Ten Commandments. They're all God's commandments, Every command in the Bible is God's commandments. They're all significant. God doesn't break them down into the ones I really care about and the others not so much. 
So every command, remember we said this back at the beginning, the Ten Commandments come out of the two great commandments. And all the other commands in the Bible come out of the ten. And so God in these other commandments is elaborating, defining, explaining further what we read in the ten. And God certainly elaborates on the nine. I don't think this will be any surprise for us in here to go on to broaden nine and say, hey, listen, all lying is not going to be okay, right? We, we, we know that. But just to be clear and just to make sure we see that God is saying that, let's go ahead and look at just a couple of verses to, to keep it fresh in our mind. Proverbs chapter 12 says, lying lips, okay, now that's not just bearing witness. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. I don't know about you, every time I see that word abomination, it just feels heavy, doesn't it? I don't know what all's going on in that word, but I don't think I want any of that. Okay, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, Proverbs 19. A false witness, now that's number nine. That's the ninth commandment, right? A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. Okay, one little short sentence there. We started specific, and, and then we got broad, because there's all kinds of lying that we do. Maybe the broadest word you'd of all is the next verse. Therefore, having put away falsehood. Man, folks, there's all kinds of things going on under the word falsehood. There's, there's lying when we're talking. There's, you know you can lie without even saying a word, right? I can see something unfolding in front of me, and somebody's not working with the truth, but hey, if they keep working with that non-truth, I'm going to benefit from that, or I'll be protected from that. So I'm just not going to say anything. Okay, that's a lie. You, your lips may have never moved, but, but you're lying. Exaggerating. Exaggerating is lying. Uh, listen, misdirection, miscommunication, it, all that, all falsehood. Put that away. If you read the context of Ephesians 4, it's about putting on Christ. And man, when I have put on Christ, I can't put on falsehood. And a whole lot of other things. So put away falsehood. Let each of you speak the truth. And then this last one. This has always been a heavy one for me. Outside, and I put in brackets, of heaven. It doesn't say that in the verse. But when you read Revelation 21, Revelation 22. These are the last two chapters in the Bible. They're all about heaven. They're, they're, they're about the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. That is the context. So when we say outside, outside of what? Well, heaven, that's, that's the context. Outside are the dogs. That's, that's not a reference to your four-footed friends at home. Take ease. You know, it's funny. In our country, in our culture, if we're going to refer to somebody we don't like as an animal, we usually use the word rat, Right? You're a rat, or you ratted on me. That's the animal in our culture that catches all the bad people. Oddly enough, especially with our love affair with canines, most of human history and most of the world today looks at dogs about the same way you and I look at rats. And so that's what this is a reference to. It's, it's people. Outside of heaven are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and the murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Do you see the company that God puts liars in? Now, if we're being honest, and probably today anyway we should, since we're talking about lying, 
If we're being honest, we think of sin, or we think of lying as a small sin. There's not a person in this room, nobody watching online. There is nobody that can convince me that you don't think of lying as a small sin. And I'll prove it. The last time you confessed your sins, you didn't say one word about lying. Say, how do you know that? I just know. Because I know it about myself. You know, you and I will walk through a bad day, we'll walk through a bad week, and we'll realize, oh, I've not, I'm not walking with God. And if the Spirit's in us, we're going to be moved in prayer to confess that, right? Hey, Lord, I'm sorry I responded that way. I'm sorry I've been acting like that. I'm sorry I keep returning to this and over and over. Have you noticed how rarely you ever confess? Oh, God, I'm sorry I lie almost all the time. I exaggerate and I cast false ideas and false images so that I'm liked, so that I'm loved, so that I get something that's not mine, so that I don't get something that I don't want. I mean, the the lies, lies, we don't even think to confess them. I'm not saying you've never confessed a lie in your whole life. I'm saying for every lie you've confessed, there's probably a hundred Never even crossed your mind to say you're sorry. I mean, lying is, come on, it's a small sin. Does it even count? It seems to count to God. Why, 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 why is there such a, what's the disconnect between us and God where he thinks lying is apparently this big deal and nobody in here, none of us thinks it's even to be confessed when we've done it. You know, let's remember what we've said, especially in the back half of this series. We've said the goal is not to just not, remember? The goal is not to just not murder. The goal is not to just not steal. The goal is not to just not commit adultery. The goal is not to just not lie. Because guess what? I cannot kill anybody, not steal, not lie, not commit adultery. That doesn't exactly mean yet that I'm like God. That doesn't mean yet that I'm actually righteous. It's not just not doing the negative, but it's also being and doing the positive behind that command. And so that's what we've been breaking down and trying to understand. Not only is what the command telling me not to do, but what is it telling me to do? Well, this one is, I mean, this is kind of like two plus two, right? You know, yeah, it's telling me not to lie, so I need to tell the truth. We've, we've been saying in every one of these things, we're learning about what God is like. Now, you know, obviously, I, I mean, I can go to Scripture right now and throw up there a hundred plus verses connecting God and truth. I'm not going to put up a hundred verses. I'm not even going to put up a whole verse. I'm going to put up a simple phrase. Jesus, John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the truth. Look at that, folks. He's not just saying, I really, really like the truth. He's not just saying, I always tell the truth. He's saying, I am. It is my being. Listen, Jesus doesn't meet the standard of truth. Truth meets the standard of Jesus. All truth comes out of him. Everything that is true in your day, everything that is true in the universe came out of his character, came out of his design. It is who he is. I am 
the truth. Now, where do lies come from? Well, again, kind of like two plus two. We know that. But let's do this. Let's go ahead. Remember what Jesus said. He said, I am the truth. Let's see where lies come from. Jesus said in John chapter 8, he was talking to the Pharisees at this particular moment. And he said, you are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in the truth. Look at this, because there is no truth in him. There's, it's, it's not that Satan really likes to lie, uh, to lie but, but sometimes the truth sleep, slips out. No, there's no truth. You know, you and I need to remember that when he's dangling the temptation in front of us. We know it's a sin. We know it's wrong, but it sure looks like it's going to provide. It sure looks like it's going to get me what I want. Just remember the one who's holding that has no ability to give you and I the truth. There's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. The lie is what he is. For he is a liar and he is the father of all lies. Father there means the source. He is the producer of all that is a lie. So now you and I were kind of off the hook, right? The devil made me do it. I mean, you said it yourself, Jesus, all lies come from him. No, the devil did not make you lie. The devil's not one time in your whole life made you lie. Now, what he does do is make it certainly very enticing. He will create opportunities for you to lie. He'll give you the words. He'll encourage. I mean, if you lie, you'll get this. If you lie, you'll protect yourself from that. Oh, if you don't lie, look what's going to happen. He's going to make it very clear why you want to lie in this moment. He wants you to lie. Because that's when you're becoming most like him. And just real simple logic. Satan is helping us understand when I get good at lying, I can get good at all sinning. Because I need the lies to cover my sins. I'm going to wrap this up. You know, this is interesting of all the, the commands we're going through. You know, you know as, a, as a preacher, what do I need? What do you need? You know, do I need to convince people that lying is a sin? No, we know that. We know what's wrong. Do I need to convince people that God thinks it's a sin? No, I, I, I know that too. No, our, our, our problem is that even though we know God said it's wrong, and even though we know in our, inside this isn't right, it just doesn't matter. So if you leave with any, any thought today, let, let maybe let it be this. With the lie, I practice being like Satan. With the truth, I practice being like God. And you are going to practice every day, all day, this week. At one of those. There's nothing small about that. Let's pray. Father, there certainly is times I know that I'm I'm being dishonest. What I may be a little bit more overwhelmed by right now is how lying can be so easy and natural that sometimes I don't even really acknowledge or recognize what I'm doing.
God, on, on behalf of myself, on, on behalf of everybody here, I, I ask for forgiveness for lying. I'm sorry that I'm, I'm so insecure with myself and I'm sorry that I trust you so little that I, I see the lie as the way to make people like me. I see the lie as a way to get out of trouble. I, I see the lie as the way to make today better. Lord, I do not acknowledge that I am I'm going back to my old father, the devil. Who does not love me. And I'm leaving you who does. God I I pray for myself. For all of us as we walk through this week. Would you quicken our heart and our mind. To what's coming out of us. God let, let us see all the places. We're not being anything like you. And we've grown so comfortable being like. Satan. Let us see the exaggerations. Let us see the miscommunication, the misdirection. Let, let us see the places we're kind of telling the truth about somebody, but mostly just making sure that somebody else thinks bad about them. It's a humbling and amazing thing to think that the one who said, I am the truth, died on a cross to pay for all my lies. I pray we would be humbled, Lord. God, I thank you that there's an opportunity to tell the truth this week. And it's not to keep from going to hell. I have the opportunity to be like you. How awesome. I pray that's our motivation this week. And I ask for your help in all this, Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.